Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. We are joined today by one of our amazing OEA members and Senate District 2 um, candidate, Jennifer Esau. Good morning, Jennifer. Hi, Ellen. How are you? I'm doing well. So how are you doing? These are kind of the final moments before the election. Right. We have five days to go and things are really moving fast. And it's it's kind of a good thing. <laughs> it kind yeah. of, we've had a lot of build up for these last few days. So, Well, tell us do. just a, a little bit about yourself. How long have you been an educator? Yeah, so I'm on. I'm in my 24th year of teaching special education at Claremore Public Schools, and I have been an OEA member this whole time. I'm serving on the board for the second uh, term right now, and love everything OEA. And I, I would say that I, I always want to say that OEA is the reason part the reason that I have developed into a leader. OEA has given me so many opportunities to kind of develop who I am and my story. And so I just, I always want to give credit (laughs) to OEA. But um, anyway, I, so I, I know you're probably going to ask me why this kind of all started for me. So back in probably 2015, 2016, I, uh, you know, we would do what they tell you to do, reach out to your legislators. I'm a local leader in Claremore and they would tell you, you know, contact your legislators, let them know why you're advocating for what you, you know, what you need in your schools and time and time again, our senator and our, our um, representative, if they would come, they were um, very condescending, disrespectful, and more times than not, they would go back and vote exactly opposite of what we would ask. And so I just could not stand it one more moment. And so I just decided, like, I just have to do this. This, I mean, it's so out of my comfort zone, but I just can't, I can't sit back any longer. So I did run in 2018. It happened to be the year of the walkout, although I was already fully in before, way before the walkout. So that just kind of happened with it. But um, anyway, so Mr. Quinn had one more term and of course he was favored Republican. I'm in a very Republican district. And so it wasn't that big of a surprise, but we sure rallied the troops. We got (laughs) teachers really active, really um, fired up. Well, he He kind of (laughs) helped me in that because he was so terrible to the teachers when they came to the Capitol. So he kind of did that to himself. And so anyway, it was just a real exciting time. And I didn't really think too much at the time about running again until, (laughs) until like probably last summer. And with these last two years of COVID, us teaching through all of this, things are they're not the same in a lot of senses. 
Um, but they are. We're still facing the disrespect. We're still facing um, budget issues, um, trouble getting certified teachers, um, curriculum, you know, just all the things that we need and um, support professionals. And so um, he turned out and it just felt like I just had to try again. So that's what I've done. And I, like I said, I am very outnumbered in this district, but we have some amazing candidates this year for public education. And I just have to believe that, you know, when I knock the doors, people love teachers, they mm -hmm. respect teachers. And I hope that teachers understand that, like, you know, we listen to the media, we get so beat down on things. And, you know, it's really easy to just be so um, frustrated and you know, just to feel so disrespected, but that's not what I'm hearing at the doors. People love their teachers and, you know, they've talked a lot about the statistics of, you know, we have like 30,000 teachers that aren't teaching in the, in the state. And oh my goodness, I can't tell you how many doors I've knocked of former teachers who have just had to choose to do something else or early retirement or something and I'm just like they still speak so passionate about it and I think oh my goodness what are we missing out on you know by not having you in our building or you know whatever um so I'm so glad that I've still done this um even though it's a battle and I'm sure you're seeing the other candidates who, you know, from the top down, um, who are having such, such a battle, but it's worth it. And I really just have to believe that the voters are going to show up and show what they really care about. And I really think it is public education. And so, I mean, obviously you're starting out the conversation by saying you're a teacher, yes. but do you also feel when you're asking them voters about what issues are they most concerned about is you know education the top issue for them right now or yes yes I would still I think when you know I introduce myself and tell them I'm a teacher they're automatically you know they're hesitant until I get to the point where I tell them I'm, I'm a teacher and then they're like swinging open the door and you know inviting me in or you know whatever <laughs> so much better but um yeah, I mean, that is that is fresh on people's minds. They're concerned about um, just the chaos and the negativity in our state. It doesn't reflect the people that I meet at the doors. It is not who we are. And um, so I just, you know, I make sure that people know that when you're a teacher, you work with all different kinds of personalities, <laughs> whether it's coworkers or parents or whatever. And I think that that positions me well to work with all kinds of people, not just, not just, you know, people with a certain letter behind their name. I will work with anyone. And I feel like we have to respect each other enough to have those conversations. And I think that 
I think that gives me some credibility. I'm just not, I'm not interested in, I, I think that that's what we've been missing. We've only had one party for so long who has just listened to one side and we need a more balanced approach. And when you, I mean, people relate to that. I'm, you know, so. I, yeah, I have found that in communications on all sides, even at the Capitol. I sometimes believe that we vote some, some people have different feelings than what they vote. And so you have to have real conversations with people and talk about how issues in a, in a, such a more personal way mm-hmm. um, than, than abstract. I think sometimes people try to talk about issues in ways that doesn't actually get to the heart of the challenges that we are facing in our schools and in our state. Right, right. Well, and I think I've been criticized a little bit about like maybe being a one um, issue kind of candidate and every, and I, I mean, I own that because I really feel like everything can be tied to education. Every single issue we have has an education component to it. And if we fund education now, it's not going to solve everything right away, but it will be an investment in our future and it will show that we care and that, you know, we're taking that first step forward. And so, um, yeah, but it has to start now. There's so much on the line and so much pressure so much pressure. You talked a little bit about the pipeline of trying to restore that pipeline. And I know that you're actually, your daughter is going into education, right? Yes. And, you know, people have kind of given me a hard time about, you know, are, are you sure, you know, are you sure you should encourage her to do this? But I feel so passionate that, it is such a noble profession. I, I mean that. I, <laughs> everything I do is because of my belief in public education. And, you know, for she knows what she's getting into. And she was with me during the walkout. She, she's got her eyes wide open. And in fact, now she is the OAEA, I hope I said that right, the OAEA yes. president um, and the president of the UCO um, OAEA group as well. So she's so excited. And I listen to her and take all that in her excitement about writing lesson plans and everything. And then the other night I listened to Gina Nelson, who's so positive and so hopeful. And I just think we've, we have so many people that can make a difference and can make our young people who want to be teachers, who want, you know, Oklahoma children deserve teachers who want to be here, who want to be their teacher. And we have to find a way to make that happen. Um, We have so many young people that really have a passion for it, but they're hesitant. And I, I can't really, I, I can't, you know, I understand that, but um, we have to do something. And, and we're at such a great point where something positive can really happen mm-hmm. with this election. 
I know I, um, it's yeah, these final days we keep reiterating it comes down to voting. It comes down to turnout. So as you're out there talking to people in these final days, you know, do you feel the momentum for people wanting to get to the polls and vote? I, I think so. Um, I try to be, you know, not you know, dreamy, um, <laughs> but, but I still think you, you have to be hopeful. And yes, I do think that there's momentum and there's excitement just in our county here in Rogers County. We have a new group of Rogers County women. They um, have organized and they are a lot of retired teachers, a lot of retired OEA members, <laughs> and they have organized and they are fired up. And so you're just seeing little pockets like that in different communities. And, um, you know, if, if people see that other people will step forward, then that gives them, that gives them, um, the courage to, to do so as well. And I'm just seeing really good things in the communities that I'm, that I'm visiting. So, yes. And how much time is this, you know, how much time does it take to do all of this? Every day. I mean, it's every day it's consuming, especially, I mean, you know, you have so much on the line. It's a lot of pressure really, because you, even though you shouldn't probably take it <laughs> like this, I feel a lot of weight on my shoulders that, you know, that I've put on myself, but I, every day I'm in my classroom and I look at my students and I think what they, about the things that they deserve. And it just kind of reminds me why I got to go home, make those calls, why I've got to go, um, you know, knock doors for a couple of hours after I've worked all day. It's a constant reminder of why I'm doing this. And so with five days left, <laughs> I, you know, it, it's all good, but, um, I don't know. Right now, it just seems like a lot, but it's an exciting time and we just have to, we just keep, have to keep working at it. Well, we appreciate you as an OEA member talking and standing up for our profession, but you said it best, standing up for those students who are worth it. So thank you so much yes. Jennifer, for joining us. Well, let's take some time and catch up with Catherine. Uh, Ellen, we have been on the road uh, for the last several weeks. Uh, just kind of, you know, last year we started on the east side of the state and we did, uh, got to go out and just sit down and lean in and listen to our members and what was happening. And uh, this time we are on the west side of the state in the Oklahoma City Metro as well. And to hear the concerns last year, it was so much about uh, the pandemic that we were still highly in, the surges that were happening, the disruptions that were happening because of the pandemic. And, and this year, Ellen, it's, you know, the, there's a, a, a consistent theme again. It's still disruption, but it's disruption because of the lack of personnel that we have in this 
huge teacher, educator, support professional substitute shortage that we're in and uh, the the strains that it is putting on uh, our members and uh, the, the lack of services that they feel so desperately that need to be provided for students that not everybody is getting. And, and, and then there's one more concern that they have is the elections coming yeah. up. Uh, I've heard time after time the nervousness of what could happen. Um, they they get it that yeah. these are that this is like the most important election that we have had in our state's history. That is, uh, and, and no, in but the bright side about that, there's a bright side that they they know that importance of this. And they to hear their plans about getting to the polls and getting family and friends to the polls and using their trusted voice to talk to people that um, they know uh, who the candidates are and the importance that they're going to make in their difference. And I, I don't know, Ellen, I don't know if you've ever seen a time that we've had candidates that are so starkly different. Oh, uh, I mean... In my short history of Oklahoma politics, which is 13 years, I guess, since we moved here, this is such a dichotomy of like the issues and what the future goals it look like in this state based on the election. And I've also never seen polls this close before. I've never seen an election statewide where we had statewide candidates that are polling neck and neck. Yeah. So what, what's the latest, what's the latest scoop on what the polls are doing? I mean, it's all over the map. Um, if you saw over the last week, there have been polls showing, uh, Joy and Gina up. There have been polls showing Ryan and, uh, Governor Stitt up. So to me, the bottom line is the only way we know what happens in this election is by who shows up. Yeah. And so these are polls. These are based on people's belief and value at a time of a call. These aren't based on individuals going to vote. These aren't, we don't know who's showing up. We know that turnout is higher that today is the third day of early voting and we are doing so well, just as a state, we think it's really important to vote. So as a state, we are seeing more absentee ballots and we're seeing more early voting in. So I think that's important to know that people are really engaged in this election. And I we just have to continue to talk about our plans and make sure that our closest friends and family show up. Yeah, we're so lucky this year that early voting started on Wednesday. And, you know, there's and and I love see I saw some of the numbers that were coming out in the early voting and how um, people were and that either tells me that they 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 wanted to make sure that they had the time to vote and so they early voted they didn't or they were going to be busy on that Tuesday and vote um, I still I actually what I do is I drive down Lincoln and I see how many cars are in the Oklahoma County election and so far they've been really packed or I would pull in there and vote but. But I, I have my plans Tuesday to absolutely be there. I have been talking to every person that I know, uh, people that I don't know, I still tell them. 
Um, but it is a hot issue. And you know what's what was interesting is to hear that, you know, we've had some this last week, we've had people, um, high ranking people, uh, well prominent people from the Republican Party that have come out and have and are, are giving their endorsements to candidates of the opposite party, which was crazy. But then to also I'm seeing it in the national media as well, which, you know, Oklahoma doesn't get that attention. Uh, No, we are not. We do not look like, but I mean that again, I think that goes back to conversations we have. We are a much more purple state than people believe we are. And I hope that this election shows that the general population has a centrist value yeah. A pro-public education centrist value of support. Yeah. And we just have to wait and see. Yeah. And that but their vote matters. I've, I'm afraid so long that we've had people that are more, that are centrist people, that who, that's who Oklahoma is, that they feel like they, their voice doesn't matter. So they just don't go vote. It's not like, what? well, my voice doesn't matter. I don't go vote. And so to see that uh, there, it does, this, this election truly doesn't, matter about party it is about the issues and what people are running on and what they want to do for our state um that's the exciting part about that and i'm so sad because i was you know we're on the road and i wasn't able to get um the interview with you and jennifer uh just you know jennifer is is just an incredible teacher um member, OEA board member, um, advocate, and I know her story, and it's such a beautiful story, why she was running. Um, That is amazing. Yes, I, I think it's the powerful story that not only shows the power of our organization, she, you know, talking about how important the professionalism she learned that gave her the confidence to put her name on the ballot, but also this just laser focus on knowing her students value, her professional colleagues value, and that she is going to continue to fight for that every single day. Mm-hmm. And that that we have so many candidates across the state that are running for making sure that Oklahomans are taken care of that they 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 recognize that our public schools are a core service and they are the foundation of our democracy truly in our state and that the importance of that and so Jennifer uh, is just the highlight of um anything so Ellen if if somebody is somebody like they're they're watching the elections now and they're whether they're frustrated whether they're like intrigued and they say, you know what, these things are important. And I want to, I, I, I think I might want to run for office. To, to, okay, it's 2022. Another election, at least for the House, wouldn't be until 2024. Can they just like wait till next year or decide or what do they need to be doing? I would recommend anyone who, who thinks they want to run for office or would consider running for office it is such a long process to to go through, right? So you need commitment 
from your probably community, family, whoever those members are that are going to stand with you because it it will take a toll on you from the amount of time that you have to knock doors and raise money. And so I think when we talk to candidates, you want to think about it at least a year ahead of time. Because when someone files for office, they file for office in April yeah. and then the primaries in June. So yeah. you you can't start a campaign in April and mm-hmm. expect to have huge engagement within two and a half months. So we always recommend when we talk to candidates is this is like, you know, maybe at the two year mark, you ask somebody that you think would be a lot of people don't run because they've never thought about it, or maybe they've Mm -hmm. thought about it and never had the courage to tell someone and someone comes up to them and says, I think you would be a great candidate, you know, and maybe that starts the six month process of the pro con list. Uh, What does this mean? What is, and then, but at that year mark, I would say the April, whatever date it is a year before that primary season begins, that's when you have to start thinking about it, start raising capital, start talking to friends and family that you are running um, because you need campaign material out way before right. the primary. Right. So I, I, Jennifer is a great testament to someone who has stepped up twice yeah. and knows the hard work it takes. And so if any members, I'm sure she would love to talk to them about this process and how it worked for her. Yeah. It's the sooner, the the better, not, not wait until, um, you know, that we did see that in 2018, um, after the walkout and, and, and in 2018, uh, that was also when the walkout was happening was also the week of filing. And so I remember that we, we saw a lot of people cause it energized people. We saw a lot of people put their name on the ballot and, you know, and, and unfortunately they were already behind the curve, many of them, because it is, uh, it's hard, but, but we have so many races that go uncontested. Yes. You know, that so many, yeah, there, are, there I mean, we had a ton of races that were uncontested from the beginning. Then second, we had a ton of races that were decided in the primary primary. Yeah. So the last, this last set of races, we really have very few local state house and Senate races left. Yeah. That are on the general election. They were, yes. they were decided. A lot of them were decided early and it, it just, uh, you know, I always say it this way. It's, it's, you always want contested races until it's your race. And then you, absolutely <laughs> like, really, I got a, I got a opponent or whatever, but there, that, that, that shouldn't happen that I went and paid my, I think, what is it? $1,500, $2,000 to file for office. And I immediately got elected because right. nobody ran against me. And, uh, that just, uh, we, we need to have voices on all sides of the issue. And, uh, it is so important. And I, I really feel this energy in the air that besides having to watch all the political ads, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the political so ads, all the, the, all the mailers you're getting in the mail there, it is a focus on our elections and the importance of our elections, which is gives me uh, that hope and energy. And, you know, I've had a lot of our members and, 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 and just Oklahomans that are asking me, you know, so what happens, what happens after the election? 
what what do you guys do? What are you guys going to do? And I I keep reminding them the OEA that's been around for over 130 years. That was started by those 11 teachers in Guthrie, Oklahoma on Christmas Day. Uh, our mission, our mission is not going to change. We are still going to be advocating for education professionals. We are going to work tirelessly to unite our members and the people of Oklahoma because the most important thing that we know is to fulfill the promise of public education to prepare every student to succeed in a diverse and interdependent world. And the, the you know, tactics may change, uh, how we have to address issues um, depending on who's elected, but our focus, uh, no matter what, is still a full court press. Um, it is, if, if the right candidates get elected, it's a full court press to make sure that promises are upheld and that we have the, the funding that we need. Um, if, if the candidates of our choice don't get elected, then it's a full court press to make sure that we are defending and standing up for our public schools and the 700,000 students and families that attend those public schools to know that over 90% of our kids in Oklahoma attend public schools. And I was telling some teachers last night, I said, you know, the reality is this, educators have the most important job in our state. Let's, yep. let's talk about it. Most important job in our state. Uh, we are educating our next workforce. We are educating our next doctors and lawyers. Uh, our next entrepreneur to have innovation in our state, our next educators for our state. Our job is so important and our vote is so important. So I'm just, I am going to be still that glass half full gal. I'm going to be hopefully optimistic uh, because this election gives me hope that we have hope for change and hope to do better. And, and I know our state needs it and they want it. So uh, everybody, let's get out to the polls. I, I want to see those pictures on Facebook. I want to <laughs> see. <laughs> and Ellen, you have the stickers that said, I voted absentee. I do. I'm voting early tomorrow, Saturday. Okay, so you're so. going to do the early vote. Okay. Early voting for, okay. for my crew tomorrow. So do, do, you, um, take your, do you take your kids with you? I, I mean, I think... Uh, I, I love to say I want, I do want to, but we're taking them to a soccer game and hence oh. they also have to sit in line with us. So that's, oh, yeah, <laughs> that was, one I of mean, the things, you know, that was one of the things I did. I mm -hmm. took my children with me to go vote and in turn today, they take their children to go with them. Yes. And it, it is, there is, there is this essence of instilling what voting means at an early age and the importance of it. And so uh, I encourage parents, take your kids to vote. Yes. Tell them the process. Yes. Get on yeah. the form. Yeah. And they get to see how the ballot, what it looks yeah. like, how you do it. This one's yeah. a big one. It's long. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Both make sides. Sure I hear that it's both side ballot. Most of them are both side ballots. So make sure you get both sides. Stay yeah. within the lines. <laughs> Do all now, the right now you found like sound like a teacher you know like <laughs> use use the pin that they give you absolutely yes <laughs> well 
We want to thank Jennifer Esau for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Ellen Pogamiller with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.